You are. you are listening to Making Bank, where we uncover the mindset and success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business. business. Welcome to Making Bank. I am Josh Felber, where we uncover the mindset and the success strategies of the top 1% so you can amplify your life and your business today. I'm excited to welcome Forbes Riley, Scout Sobel, Ariel Garten, Sally Hogshead, Marisa Murgatroyd, Michelle Seiler Tucker, Rowena Gates to Making Bank today. Tell me a little about, um, so with your company now, you're getting to work with a lot of different entrepreneurs. Yeah. And I know you have some really cool things that you, we were talking a little bit before um, off camera and everything. What are some of the big things that you see when you first start working with entrepreneurs that probably a lot of our audience is experiencing um, that you're able to spot and then help move them through their business to make them the superhero? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> so the very first thing that I help people do is get crystal clear on exactly what they do, who they serve, how they're different. And it okay. sounds so freaking simple, but I guarantee you that 99% of all entrepreneurs that I've talked to cannot answer those questions. Sure. Not just with crystal clarity, but in a way that anybody else gives a f <laughs> yes. Right? I know, I agree. And it's just like boring. And yeah. if you're boring people, they're not going to buy from yep. you. Yep. Right? For so sure. So here's the thing. Like, there are over 2 billion websites on the internet right now. And no matter what niche you're in, what industry you're in, there are other people who are going to steal your lunch if you can't figure out how to be entertaining and interesting. Sure. Right? Yep. So if you're not constantly doing this work, not just at the beginning when you do some stupid customer avatar exercise, but on a regular basis because you're changing, the market's changing, consumer expectations are changing, right. the world is changing all around us. And if you're not following that product innovation cycle, because in technology, products innovate every six months. Oh, yeah. And the same is true in transformation, products. I don't care what industry you're in. The innovation cycle and the product development cycle is becoming shorter and shorter and shorter. So if you're not in that constant dialogue of right. going back to those fundamental questions, mm -hmm. you're dead in the That's water. Because right now, best product, best market, best brand, all of that wins. Sure. So if you're not innovating on all of those fronts, it's going to be hard for you to sustain interest and attention because people are skeptical. Right. One thing I always like to find out is what's one question you're like, all right, Josh, I really wish you would ask this. It's like right there. And you know you should ask it. Um, so what question do you think I should ask you that you want to answer and you want to let everybody know about? Maybe, because I'm a disruptor, <laughs> is what is missing from what everybody else is doing? Okay. Yeah. Cool. And it does relate to what we've been talking about. Awesome. So let's... Tell us yeah. what it is. Well, in addition <laughs> to having those big sticky ideas and not taking anybody's attention for granted, sure. I think what is missing is spending as much time on fulfillment of your products and your services, experiencifying them, gamifying them, as you spend on the marketing. Mm -hmm. So in a world where people are becoming increasingly skeptical, right. if you don't deliver the goods and get people to at least some form of outcome, sure. some action, some reward as quickly as possible, they're not going to stay in the game. Right. And you're going to start to develop a bad reputation. And nobody ever goes into business thinking, like, I want to not get people the results <laughs> or deliver what right. I promise. But you'd be so surprised because a lot of people aren't putting as much care into the deliverable as they are into the client acquisition, mm -hmm. the marketing, the lead generation. And I think that for many, many years, like the first decade of internet marketing, people could get away with that. Right. But now people are a lot more savvy, and they're also a lot more skeptical. Sure. So what I think that a lot of people are missing is that commitment to getting people 
into results as quickly as possible. So if you have a software, how do you get them to the outcome of the software right. as quickly as possible? Sure. You know, for example, we are in program that are doing this now. But number one, start with the end in mind. You know, when you want to drive somewhere, you pull out your phone and you plug in Google Maps. What's the first thing you plug in? Your destination. Yeah. Where your address, your destination. Yep. You know where you're going. But so many business owners have no idea where they're going. So they drive around in circles up and down the financial hills to end up nowhere or end up for selling for pennies on a dollar, end up closing your business or end up filing bankruptcy. So don't do that. <laughs> you know, yeah. business owners don't plan to fail. They fail the plan. So I tell all business owners, plug in your destination. Figure out your desired end game. What is your desired price tag? Let's say you want to sell for $20 million. Great. That's a number. You might say, oh my God, that's too high. For whatever. Pick a number. You might make it. You might not make it, but you got to start somewhere. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. And sure. now the GPS needs to know what next, where you're starting from, what's your current location, what's your current evaluation. You'd be surprised, Josh, how many business owners have no clue what their business is worth. They they have a, a, a perception of what they think it's worth, but what they think it's worth is based upon what they want to retire on, not what the value is of their business. So it's really important. I mean, us humans go to the doctors all the time, right, to get annual checkups to make sure our body's okay. We drive our car to mechanics to get our car checked up, but we never get an annual valuation checkup. So there are, there are okay. events that increase valuation. COVID is one of them. <laughs> there are events that decrease valuation. COVID is one of them. So you really need to know every year what your business is worth. So let's say your business is worth $5 million. You want to sell for $20 million. You're worth $5 million today. Now what do you need to know? You need to know your time frame. Sure. So let's say you want to do that in 10 years. Now you need to know who's the buyer's going to be. Not yeah. buyer, buyers. A lot of buyers, a lot of owners will come to me and say, Michelle, I have a buyer. I can promise you, I'll put money on the table that that buyer is probably not going to close on the sale of your business. And not only that, but if you have one buyer, you're not going to maximize value. You right. maximize value by competition, by scarcity, by creating those, you know, buyers who want to pay more money for those synergies we talked about. Um, so who are your buyers going to be? Number one, there's five types of buyers. I'll tell you who a buyer is not going to be. It's not going to be a first-time buyer because they don't buy $20 million companies. It's not going to be a, a turnaround specialist because they buy distressed assets. It's going to be a PEG, which is a private equity group, a strategic or a competitor. Strategics will typically pay more, a higher multiple, because they're buying synergies that will catapult their business to the next level. Sure. So you got strategic slash competitors, and then you got the serial entrepreneurs. Serial entrepreneurs are industry agnostic. They chase EBITDA. We have over 28,000 of all five types of buyers. We have serial entrepreneurs that give us an offer on every business we have with an EBITDA of over a million dollars. Okay. Okay. Then you need to know, well, what's the financials? What are the, if I want to sell for $20 million, what my financials need to be? What does the growth need to be? What does the profit margin need to be? The EBITDA is going to have to be between three to $4 million. Mm-hmm. And then last but not least, what are the synergies? What are the characteristics? You know, what is a buyer? I mean, I once had a buyer pay pay 126% more than what the business was worth because they were buying the BP contract. Thank you again. And uh, you were watching Making Bank. I am Josh Felber. Get out and be extraordinary. Thank you for listening to Making Bank. 
If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. And sharing is caring. Follow Josh Felber on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram for more. You can also listen to Making Bank on Amazon Alexa, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and watch on Apple TV, Success Thinkers Network, Amazon Fire, and YouTube. 